Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Series 5, episode 4. I'm your host, Jazz Wilson, and I'm here with my co-host, Lucy Wilson. Hello. How you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Yes, good, good, good. Thank you. Good. Okay, for you today, as promised on the last episode, we have my top five. And also, I have a very interesting question for you, Lucy, but also for our listeners out there, which should be a very interesting topic. With everything that is happening in the world at the moment... You mean the sh- shuttle landing on Mars? Uh, no, not that. Oh. No. Sorry. The other thing that right. nobody likes to talk about. A bit like Voldemort. Oh. So, yeah, the virus that shall not be mm. named. Also for you today, we have Tom's movie musical section. But first, let's kick off with, as usual... Ba-da. Album of the week! Ba-ba-bum. Yeah! It is album of the week. And Lucy, it was your choice last week, so tell us about it. I picked Catfish, the new musical, <laughs> which is, as in the title, a new musical. I think they've done a couple of kind of trial shows, haven't they? So they did a concert mm. in an outside venue in London. I can't remember what venue it was. It might have been the Turbine Theatre. I can't remember. It is very new, and I feel like the progression of the show may have been stumped a little bit by COVID. I feel like they've got more plans for the show. Um, I don't know this as fact. This is just the vibe I get from what I've seen, and that they have more places to go with it, and it's still very much in development. It's really cool. At the beginning of the album, they release a little short snippet of them introducing themselves to you and they just say a big thanks to everybody for their help in progressing it and also for the criticism and critiquing to help improve it as well. So I think they're probably still a little bit in the process of progressing the show. But it is a musical about catfishes. And if you don't know what catfishes are, it's all it's it's kind of about people who go on dates and you meet each other kind of from a dating website, uh, such as Tinder. I guess. I don't know. I'm not down with the lingo on dating sites, mm, no, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> other websites are available for dating needs, I guess I should say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, so it's all about people going on dating sites, pretending to be something they're not, going on dates, and kind of the repercussions of all of that, basically, is how I would sum it up. True. Yep. Is that fair enough? Yep. Yeah. So, what did you think, Jazz? Uh, so I have a uh, disclaimer. I have listened to a few of the songs before, only a couple of them, just um, ones that they've put out in the in the mainstream, shall we say. And I like them. The whole album as a whole, I struggled with to follow the story. I found it was very bitty. Um, I knew you were going to say that. You quite often describe an album as bitty. Yeah, sometimes. But I don't know if that's because the script's missing. I didn't feel like I could visualize it. I found that everything would have been almost simulated rather than 
a theatrical production, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when it was a concert, I'm guessing it worked quite well. And it was at the Turbine Theatre that they did that concert back in September. So I don't know. Some of the sounds I've found didn't quite mix on certain songs, but others I was like, oh, wow, this is incredible. I found the album got better the more I got into it. So going through the album, I found that it got better going towards the end. We've had this before with musicals where we've listened to them for the first time on album of the week and then a month or so later, we've gone back to certain songs and on the album of the week episode, we've said we haven't been a fan of that particular album. But then a month later, we find ourselves listening to songs and then enjoying them. So I wonder if sometimes it just takes a while for your ears to get used to a new sound. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Did you Um, have a favourite song? A favourite song. I did have a favourite song. I thought it was also interesting that there was a song then another song, and then there was a reprise of that song before that song. I thought that was a very short gap to have a reprise. Uh, sometimes that does happen, though. Of, of a song. No, I th- I find reprises can happen at any time. That's not the sort of thing that bothers me or that I'm not aware of, if you think about it. Sometimes they'll finish the song, do a little scene, and then the song reprises already in some musicals. Fair enough. The song I like was either Let's Get Sickening or Beautiful Mistake. I would probably say it was one of those two. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to pick because every I found every song was very, very different on there. And you could tell the like musical genres that had been inspired mm. into the into the show. I could hear like little bits of other shows within the show which I thought was really cool. It was really cool. Mm. Mikes? Mikes. So I think I would give it three out of five mics. Middle of the road. Yeah, I would probably give it another listen and and see how it goes. But yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. Very good for a new musical and it'll, it'll be revised. And I know Joe personally and he is a perfectionist, so he'll want it to sound the best it can sound. And he'll be like, oh, that's not quite right. Oh, okay, that. And I know... When he listens to this episode, because I know Joe listens, that he'll take this constructive criticism away with him and and just really build on it. So yeah, it's really it's really good like that. It doesn't doesn't take it personally at all. He just uses it to to build on. That's the only way you can be in this industry. I d- I think if you're not like that, then you're not gonna survive or thrive yeah. Yeah. from this industry. True. You kind of have to take nothing personally of course and yeah. it's just our opinion that's all it is there's it, all it is just our opinion well no i thought of it. what did you think of it? <laughs> yeah i liked it it was very different to anything i've ever listened to before and i'll tell you why it was so different because it was about a very modern new topic because catfishing dating websites is still fairly new wouldn't you say um yeah the way okay the way that it is now is very new, I would say. I like think I think that the way that the world is now has kind of forced a lot more people to date online or meet people online, which then it, it's then a numbers game opens up to, to people being catfishes. So because of it being a modern 
topic of conversation, if you like, because that's basically what a musical is. You open up a topic of conversation, don't you? Mm -hmm. You would have thought that the accompaniment to go with it would have been also quite modern. But listening to it, it sounded very much like Joe's other musical he'd written, which is Unfolding Tales, which is not modern at all. Mm -hmm. And it was it was really a contrast in my mind listening to the lyrics of the songs, which was so current and modern and the terminology they're using. It was and also the way that the voices of the singers, it doesn't list any of the singers on the album on Spotify, but I probably could find out. But their voices were very young and what's the word I'm looking for? Like fresh yeah uh, clean young as well did i say young i said young yeah, you said young <laughs> sorry baby brain yes they're very young but then listening to the accompaniment and the acoustic it sounded very like a traditional and more in-depth accompaniment so the lyrics were kind of not basic because that's an that's not the way to describe it because they weren't basic as in boring they were they weren't using language like you would in the olden days. They were using current new language. Yeah. And that accompanied with the traditional style of acoustic was, it kind of confused my brain a bit, I think. So I think it'll take me a few listens to kind of get used to it and get into it. But I honestly, to know someone who has written a full musical to this standard is incredible. Yeah. I the time and effort that must go into writing a musical that is this long, this in depth, this good quality is is incredible. So congratulations to both Joe and Willie. My favorite track was actually the bonus track at the end. Oh. I know, controversial. So it's obviously a bonus track because I guess they aren't putting it in the musical and it's something that they had planned to and they'd taken out because it didn't fit with the story, I assume. But they obviously thought it was too good a song to just dismiss. But it was my favorite. So if you can slip it in anywhere, I would. And it is called Rewritten and it's at the very end of the album. And I would probably give it... On initial listen, two and a half mics, just because I, I'm bit, I'm still not quite there with it yet because of the contrast of sound and lyrics, I think, is it, it'll take me a while to kind of get used to it. I've never heard anything like it before and I'm like a creature of habit. I, I like <laughs> stuff I know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I It takes me a while to get used to new stuff. I was the same with... Um, was it Eugenius or Six that we listened to an album of the week? And I was like, I really don't like it, blah, 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 blah. And Eugenius was the first ever album of the week we had. How crazy is that? Yeah. Well, either one of them I listened to as album of the week and did not like them and reviewed them really badly. And they're both now musicals that I listen to regularly. So crazy. just goes to show sometimes you just need a while to get used to it. Very crazy. Very crazy. I must say on this album... The voices, so the casting that was done is phenomenal because the voices on it are lovely, like whether they're male or female, they are they are lovely. So hats off to them. Yes, that was our review of Catfish, the new musical. So now on to my pick of album of the week, which is 
A drum roll, please. Sorry, I went premature yeah, with the drum roll. Yeah, you're bit early on your drum roll. <laughs> Just too excited, yeah. <laughs> It is Hair. Oh. Have you ever listened to Hair? I've heard about you talking about it. Oh, well, you are in for a treat. It's a bit old school. It's, um, yeah, a bit old school. Um, so it's Hair the new Broadway cast recording, Ooh. which is ever so slightly different to the West End recording, I know, but this one is available on Spotify for you to listen to. So it is a blue background with hair in uh, orange writing. I've got it. With uh, a darker blue circles. If you write hair into Spotify, it's about the fifth album down because yeah. you've got a lot of hairspray before. exactly, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it's... An interesting listen, uh, an hour and 16 minutes long. There's so a lot of songs like for an hour and 16 minutes. A lot of the songs are short songs or um, reprises, I think. Mm. If I remember when I did it, yeah, the songs aren't very long. In the West End, some of the songs are taken out. They take some of the songs. Wow. Out. So in the in the Broadway production, they, you get some extras. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you think about that. As I did that my first year in college, I was ensemble for who, production. Who was that? Was it a it was guy or a girl? What? Ensemble. It's a funny first name, isn't it? On. wonder what made him. Maybe it's short for Enrique. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, oh, listeners. My Jesus. Your jokes don't get any better, do they? <laughs> what living with you does. <laughs> I yeah. used to be funny. True. Well, true. Yeah, so uh, if you want to listen along with us and let us know what you think, we are listening to Hair, the new... It says new, but... Well, back in 2009, it was new. It was new. <laughs> um, but this show's from like 60s or something crazy. So um, the new Broadway cast recording. So please do listen along and let us know what you think. You can email us. It's allanact at outlook.com or you can contact us on our socials. That was all for... Album of the week. Yeah. Okay, so as promised in the last episode, Lucy gave you her top five roles she would love to play and now it's my turn so lucy like i did for you do you want to guess i'll take a couple of guesses but okay. let's not dwell on it too long so don't think this is going to go very well you know. um so i'm just going to whack her through out of her through i threw just going to whack a few <laughs> out there that's really hard to say why is that so hard to say whack, whack a few out there you're right it is that is a tongue twister if you want a, a vocal warm-up <laughs> you're welcome we just gave you one um, so, dear Evan Hansen from Dear Evan Hansen. No, but he was on the... Standby list. The standby. Okay. He was, he was an understudy list. <laughs> um, you may not have thought of this, but someone from Lord of the Rings, the musical. Uh, I did think of that also on understudy. Oh, jeez. Um, it would have been Gollum, obviously. Well, those were my two main ideas. Okay. Um, so this isn't going to go well, really, is it? Some, oh, Trekkie Monster and Avenue Q. That was also on the understudy list. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is exactly You're a liar. What? I'm not. <laughs> I've got my five written down here. You would definitely want to be an Avenue Q. Yeah, but they, that would be like number six. 
okay. Um, give me a clue to something then. Um, hmm. So three out of the five characters we've seen those shows. Right. Uh, Ferris from Eugenius. You are close. Oh no! It's um. Of course, it's um. Lord Hector. It is Lord Hector. Of course. Hector. How could I not think of Lord Hector? Of course, it's Lord Hector. Lord Hector. Just panicked. <laughs> um. Okay. One. Uh, A show that you took me to see on my birthday a few years ago. Lion King. Lion King is the show. Scar? No. Rafiki? No. What? Uh, Zazu. It is of Zazu. Of it's Zazu. <laughs> what um, a part that would be to play. Okay. That's two out of five. It is. Um, One of them I don't think you'll let me have, so I've put it, I, I put a slash. It's the same show, but different characters in the same show. One of your favourites. One of your favourite shows. Lame is? Nope, not that one. <laughs> Wicked? It is Wicked. Oh, Bok. Bok. Slash the Flying Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Correct, of yes. Of course. Yes. Um, so the other two shows we haven't seen? The other two shows we haven't seen together. Have you seen them? Uh, no, I've been in one. Oh. And I haven't seen or been in the other. Have I been in it with you? Or were you in it? No. Ah, this okay. was when I was at school. Go on, tell me. So the other two are Jesus from... Oh, of course. Jesus from Jesus Christ, Christ Superstar. Superstar. So, oh, stupid. I played King Herod back in the day. So kind of feel like I've ticked that one off. As much as if somebody cast me as that, I'd love to play that part again because it was so much fun. But Jesus, he gets Gethsemane and that's just a song of all songs. And the other one is from, as soon as I say the show, you'll know exactly what character. The show is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, the child catcher. The child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You are a bit scary. True. I have scared many children in my time. <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> Not on purpose. Made it sound purposeful. <laughs> <laughs> Any that you're surprised by? Not at all, no. no. I didn't think so. Um, message us and let us know if you were surprised by any of those parts that I want to play. However, I am surprised that some in your standby list weren't in your main list. Mm, yeah. So sometimes the reason they didn't make it in was because... It, like, wasn't West End, and I was going, like, top end. Like, really, yeah. really, I'd want to be in a West End show rather than, like, a touring production. Yeah. As much as I appreciate touring productions, yeah, I would just want to be in the West End because it's a cool place to be. I think the experiences cannot compare, like, a West End audience compared to a touring audience. I'm not yeah. poo-pooing either of them. No, but not at all. I think... To say that they would give the same experience is probably mm. not true. Yeah. And then some, like Lord Hector, for example, mm. uh, wouldn't necessarily be a West End production because Eugenius hasn't gone to the West End yet. Yes. I believe it will, but not yet. I think that would just be so much fun. And you want to have fun at work, right? If it was to ever be yeah. my work. So, 
Yeah, I'd love that. So yeah, so that's why. Very cool. Thanks, yeah, Jazz. You're welcome. You are very welcome. So, Tom, over to you from the booth. <laughs> Thank you, Jazz and Lucy. Hi, welcome back to the movie musical segment with me, your host, Jazz Wilson. Today, we are going to be talking about Miss Zygon, specifically Miss Zygon's 25th anniversary, recorded edition supreme, whatever you want to call it. The official IMDb name is Miss Zygon 25th anniversary. Yeah, this is available if you want to watch it on Now TV. So you can go and uh, you can go and check that out. It's on uh, under Sky Arts, I believe. So I assume if you have Sky, you can probably access it that way as well. Yeah. So Miss Saigon is a musical written by I believe the same people that wrote Les Mis. It's all music throughout uh, the same way that Les Mis is. The setting is in the Vietnam War in Saigon. So and there's a little bit that happens in the USA as well. So I guess there's a it's kind of like a modern day Les Mis in a sense. It's definitely got the feel of Les Mis. It's, yeah. So I've seen this musical before on stage. We went to see it a few years back on, on in the West End before it uh, was shut down. And I got to say, I wasn't the biggest fan of this musical. I thought it was fine. I don't know, it It seemed like it could have been a really powerful musical. And when I saw it on stage, it just didn't really capture me in that way. And I was a little bit underwhelmed. So, you know, on a side note, can you, is it possible to be whelmed? You know, you're always underwhelmed or overwhelmed, but no one ever is ever just whelmed. Anyway, that's something for you guys to think about. So... Yeah, so I have seen this on stage and uh, I also got the opportunity to watch the 25th anniversary before watching it for this episode, which, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about. So as some context, we used to work at a cinema, a view cinema in, in our hometown, and I can talk about it freely now because I don't work there anymore. And one of the great benefits was that we managed to get a private screening for my birthday of the... Miss Saigon 25th anniversary. It wasn't showing at the cinema, but they managed to get it on the projectors for us, which was super cool. So it was just some friends that, you know, me and some friends that that, that went along to see it. So that was cool. That was Anna organized that for us. It was a really cool evening. And I was really surprised because, I mean, I didn't love the show that much. So I thought I how if you don't love the show how much can you love a recording of the show and i got to say the show the filmed recorded showing was in my opinion 10 times better than the stage musical now i think it's important to consider that it's a 25th anniversary so and obviously it was being recorded and broadcast and released on on digital and Blu-ray and DVD and whatever. So I guess it's important to note that people, the actors might have been on their A-game, I guess, because, you know, that it's it's going to be shown to the world. So maybe that had something to do with it as opposed to going to see like a Thursday matinee or whatever. But, you know, I don't know. So I think 
uh, you know, aside from the performances, which we'll get to in a minute, I just want to take a minute to talk about the the filming uh, of this because I think I've mentioned this. I think in this section before that the filming can really make or break a recorded version of a show. It can either be fantastic or it can be uh, like cheap and make the show seem a bit tacky. If we ever get round to Kinky Boots, because I don't think that's available to stream currently, although I did watch it, I managed to catch it when it was streaming. I thought they did a really bad job of filming it personally. I love the show, but I don't think it was a great representation of the show. And I think Miss Saigon is is possibly the exception to this rule. So yeah, let's just take a minute just to, to say well done to the editors and the filming of this. I want to talk about costume very briefly because there's not a lot really, to be honest. There's some Vietnamese costumes, which I, I guess were quite intri- intricately crafted. So hats off to to the team for that. However, a lot of it is just kind of either everyday houseware or, or US Army gear, which is pretty... I mean, I don't know anything about costume so forgive me if i'm being ignorant but i think it's it seems pretty basic and that's not to say that they did a bad job like it was the costumes what it needs to be it's just nothing spectacular and then on the on the the women's costume there's uh, this place called dreamland which is kind of like a i don't know how you would describe it i guess it's a gentleman's club for lack of a better term which is a horrible term, apologies, but that's what it is, you know? So there's some good costumes there, but once again, there's not really much to them. If you don't know what I mean, go and watch the show. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some some acting. So the highlight of the show, I think by a landslide, is a guy called, apologies, I'm butchering the name, John John Briones, 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 I'm not sure. Anyway, he plays the engineer who kind of runs Dreamland. And he he's kind of acts like a narrator throughout the whole thing. He breaks the fourth wall a lot. I just got to say that he's fantastic. He's been playing this role for a while and he was kind of known for it. And rightly so. He's really funny, really charismatic. And you also hate him at the same time, which is a really difficult balance to strike, I think. So yeah, well done to him. I would watch it if for nothing else, just for his performance. And he has a a great song, which I think is my favorite, which is The American Dream, which is a really great, uh, a really great song. The set in that number is phenomenal. And the costumes in that number are really good, actually, going back to that. Yeah, we've got Eva Noblezada, I think is how you pronounce her name, as Kim and Alistair Brammer as Chris. The, these two roles, they're pretty heavy. There's a lot of emotion behind them. So I I, I mean, yeah, they, they, they are they are pretty damn good, uh, especially if they have to uphold that every night. There, there, there are so many talented people in this cast, so I'm not going to talk about all of them. I, I would rather just say go and watch it for yourself to, to appreciate it. I think that's part of the beauty of the filming of this is that they really kind of put you in it. Right at the end, we get Jonathan Price after the show's finished as kind of like a bonus feature, who was the original engineer, I believe, and he sings with John John Briones. So that's pretty cool and like a nice extra thing you wouldn't normally get. Yeah, I think the the set and the lighting complement each other really nicely in this show. And I think it's something that you should mention. There's this fantastic helicopter scene, again, emphasized by the filming of it, but it's really... It's a really like, wow, kind of 
moment, especially if you watch it on stage. I kind of didn't feel that, but it's what the show is known for. They have like half of a what looks like a real helicopter fly overhead. So, yeah, I didn't really notice the choreography in this show either. I'm not going to lie. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just putting that out there. There's not a huge amount of choreography, to be fair. I think that's just it's that sort of show that doesn't require much choreography. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You can kind of go and make your mind up for that. I, yeah, I, I would recommend going and watching this show. It's quite a heavy watch. It's not easy and it's two hours 20. So, you know, clear your evening and I don't know, maybe watch it in two parts. That might be helpful. This show I think is, is a really good recording as I've mentioned, but I am going to dock it some points. And the reason for doing that is that I just, it's the same issue I have with Les Mis. It, it takes itself... I mean, it's about a serious subject, right? Okay. But I, I'm not a fan of musicals that take themselves really, really seriously. And I think with something this tragic and horrible, you need comedy to balance it out. The more tragic the story, the more comedy you need. And I, it just lacks that. And I understand that that might seem like, well, you don't need to put comedy in everything. I get that. Fair enough. But for me personally, I think it just needs just a tiny bit. I mean, there is a little bit with the engineer, but it just needs a bit more. So I am going to dock it some points for that. I'm going to give this a, I think I'm going to give this a three out of five, but only because on this scale, we're kind of reviewing it against other films. As a solo thing, you know, take it out of context, remove it from film backgrounds. I'd probably give it like a four out of five, but considering we're measuring it up against other films and recorded versions, I'm going to give it a 3.5. And like I said, that's not all to do with the filming. That's partly to do with the show. So just take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah, that's Miss Saigon 25 for you. Join us next week. I think I'm going to be talking about Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella because it's coming out on Disney+. Plus. I'm not 100% certain. So if you want to find out, I'm going to give you that little tease, but you are going to have to tune in next week to find out for certain. If not, it's coming at some point. So back to you in the studio. Hey, Jazz, did you just put the heat on? <laughs> Got it. Good one. Good one. Uh, thanks for that, Tom, uh, for getting your heat on. Yeah. No? In Saigon. In Saigon, yeah, did. Well done. I love it. Nice. In London. In London. Oh, no, we've just given Tom's location away. Oh, no. People will be able to track him down and find him. That could be a fun game. Uh, I Tom. think that's just called stalking. Ah, okay, fair enough. Don't stalk Tom. Don't find him. Or do. I mean, he's probably quite bored. He doesn't need to be found. He is no dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> need to be found <laughs> wonderful thank you Tom appreciate that so I have a question for you would I rather has feet for hands or hands for feet that is a very good question and we will answer that in the next episode so tune in to find <laughs> out the answer but is that not what you're going to ask it wasn't but oh. we will find out the answer in the next episode if the world that we are in is crazy at the minute and we're in lockdown and Lucy and I for Valentine's we watched a show which we will talk about on the next episode we 
watched the production, which was a live stream, and it was awesome, correct? It was the cool, one of the coolest experiences I've ever done. Cool. Which got me thinking, we would have gone to the theatre for Valentine's or, or birthdays or Christmas or whatever yes. special occasion. We love to go to the theatre. Or just for no occasion. Just for no occasion. Just because... We want to see a show. And we haven't done it in a whole year. True. And, and I'm some. cross. Oh, no. It is coming up to literally. By the time this episode yeah. comes out, it'll, it'll be, be a, a year, year and two days since we've been to the theatre. Wowzers, trousers. So my question would be, if they offered a scheme where you paid extra on your ticket, so that that covered a coronavirus test for you to go in the theatre, would you pay it? Now, this is interesting. I would like that to be a thing. Like, if they had to pay to get the test, I would be happy to pay for the test to go because theatres are under enough strain at the moment as it is. I'd be happy to do that. However, I'd only do that on the basis that I knew that every single other person in that theatre had also had to have a test. Not necessarily paid for it. I don't think the actors or the stewards or anyone working there should have to. But if you are sat in the audience in a theatre, I think it is your duty to make sure that you have had that test if it is an option to do that. Because what's the point in me having a test and you having a test and everyone in the theatre having a test if there is one person that doesn't and brings it in? Do you see my point? I agree. If I agree. It, if but it all is, the staff that were there, whether they're performers or, or backstage or front of house, would all be tested because it's a work environment. Well, but yes. I'm just However, I have also heard that tests are not compulsory in some places. Say, for example, if you work in a location, I'm not going to specify any because I don't want to say that it's somewhere that it's not. If you say that you are not willing to have a test, I don't think they can force you to have a test at the moment. I'm not sure how where we stand on that, but no. that's my understanding. And I don't think it is right to allow an audience member in if they refuse to have a test. I agree. So if they put it in their T's and C's, and made it very transparent. Mm-hmm. This ticket will cost you extra or or when you book it, you pay a booking fee and you pay a test fee or mm-hmm. whatever, they, whatever they want to call it. To have that done, you cannot enter without having a negative result. Yeah. Like with when they get the test through and stuff. Yeah. Uh, do just, you agree? Just a thought. I completely agree. I would definitely do that. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So you're saying if they did offer, hypothetically, offer a, a test for you to go to the theatre and as long as everyone was negative, then mm-hmm. the show could go ahead. You wouldn't mind if that additional cost, because obviously it costs for the test and companies are saying, well, we can't we can't take that cost on because we've lost out on a year's worth mm-hmm. of, of work. So then passing it on to the consumer, would that then bother you? No? No. Okay. No. Interesting. I don't think so. I, I Well, it would depend how much as well. I don't know how much a test is, but I certainly wouldn't mind paying a few pounds more to be able to see a show and know that I was keeping the people around me safe. Yeah. Because if I in any way was poorly, I wouldn't dream of going near a theatre. No, of course not. No. Even if it was nothing 
I didn't have any symptoms. I just wouldn't at the moment because I don't think it's fair. You sit next to people who you will never see again, people who have you you sit you come into contact with hundreds of people when you mm-hmm. go to the theatre. Yeah. And to think that I could risk somebody else's health and wellness and life, I, I can sit with that. I would much rather pay a fee and know that I wasn't being well, I, I was doing all that I could to not be a risk to somebody else's health and life. Yeah. And equally I would rather pay more for a ticket to actually allow theatres to open and to see a show because if theatres were only allowed to open if people got tests before they went in then I would be more than happy to do that I can't wait till I can sit in a theatre again and I want that moment to be a happy time not a time when I'm sat worried yeah of course of course I get that well let us know what you think would you be happy if hypothetically talking theatres were to pass on the cost of a test to you as a consumer let us know send us an email it's all an act at outlook.com or you can contact us on our socials thank you very much for listening thank you lucy thank you jazz for your contribution and your your wonderful voice (laughs) that that was lucy um, thank you Tom for your input and uh, Miss Agon very good very lovely and we shall be in your ears again soon two weeks time make sure you tune in tell a friend to tell a friend and we shall see you on the flip side and we'll tell you about feet and hands we will listen in to the next episode and Lucy will tell you of her dilemma love you all stay safe wear a mask where possible Bye. Bye. Oh, ah. at podcast.